Hello and welcome to episode four of the Baseball Backroads Podcast. Thanks to everyone who listened to episode three of the podcast and welcome to listeners from South Africa. That puts the podcast on four of seven continents. We're just missing South America and Asia, which does seem attainable. Not sure how we'll get Antarctica, but uh, maybe there's a researcher down there who's a baseball fan we can find. So we'll see about figuring that out. But if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast so you can get the instant download when each episode is released. If you have a free minute, we'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a rating and review. And most of all, if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with a friend. You can also follow us on Instagram at Baseball Backroads. Today's guest is Benny Castillo. Benny is kind of a quiet legend in baseball, and he's just about done it all. He played in the College World Series before his pro career. Benny refers to himself as a minor league lifer. After college, he played pro ball all across America in affiliated and independent league ball. He continued his baseball journey as a manager after his playing career and now runs a baseball academy in Florida. He's got a big heart and is full of enthusiasm. So please enjoy my conversation with Benny Castillo on the back roads. Benny, Benny hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great, buddy. Good to hear from you. Same here, man. It's been a while. It has. It's been a while about. I think, uh, what was it, 2010, in that Arizona Summer League. Man, that's a long time ago. <laughs> that's a long time ago. That's a long time ago. So you're down in Florida these days? Yeah, I'm down in Central Florida, uh, right between Orlando and Tampa. Oh, okay. Nice. Uh, you doing uh, some training academy stuff? You got some uh, coaching up the next generation? Yeah, you know, I uh, when I, when I stopped doing baseball in the minor leagues, I became a school teacher. Right. For a while up at, up north in South Dakota. And then one day I just kind of say, you know, I need to get back to do what I, what I love doing, really. And I'm able to combine the two. You know, I do a lot of teaching at the cages and a lot of life stuff. And um, for the last uh, 12 years, man, it's been a blessing. So, oh, yeah. That's, what That's great. Yeah, I think um, I think last we talked, you were working on your master's in education. So, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I did that and got in the classroom and loved it. And then one day I just kind of put into prayer, man. And here I am uh, 13 years later to be a cyclist. I love I love every minute. You don't feel like you don't feel like you're working, you know? Oh, yeah. You never you never feel like you're working when you're on a baseball field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, well, thanks for joining well, us. So man. What, you know, what are you what are you doing? So I live up in the D.C. area in Washington. Um my wife and I moved up here, got a baby girl coming in October, our first. So we're excited about congrats, that. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, I, um, I guess since we last talked, I, I kept playing for a couple of years. I went over and played in Europe. I played in the Czech Republic and then in Germany. I remember. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then I made a big life transition. Wow. So you actually live in DC? Uh, just outside. Yep. I, I went to college in Maryland. Then, oh, but- that's right. You went, you did junior college in Baltimore, right? Yeah. Wow. You got great memory, man. Yeah. Well, I looked you up a little bit for the interview. Wow. Had to do some, uh, had to do my background. I got a couple of questions for you. You remember that you have a great memory. (laughs) Yeah, no, I had to, had to do my homework for my, for my guest. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Yeah. So, um, one thing I want to start off with, I know you played, uh, your college ball at Oklahoma state, um, after you left junior college in 87, 88, you guys, you went to the college world series in 87, but I was, like I said, I was, I was reading up on your background. 
And you guys, you went through the Starkville, Mississippi regional, which is kind of down where I'm from. Um, so I was just wondering what you remember about that regional playing at Duty Noble and against the Bulldogs. Yeah, it was great. You know, it was it was awesome. The competition was great. We we were on fire. We were like we were like the favorite to win it all, even in Omaha. Uh-huh. We had a couple incident personal stuff and that kind of made it sour for a group of us. But, you know, it was it was great from the baseball point of view it was great. Um, the memory I have of that that regional was that we were just on fire. We were everybody was coming after us. and We, we were on fire. And then we got to Omaha. And uh, I'm sure you looked it up. But yeah, you know, we, we lost to Stanford in the last game. But we, we were we were we were all hitched in and everybody just we were all written in pen that we were we were the favorites and but it was a great great incredible year yeah no yeah and yeah i looked up uh yeah like i said i looked it up and uh you guys played in old johnny rosenblatt stadium which of course not there anymore unfortunately i guess but um to me that's kind of a golden era of college baseball so you i mean you guys were there with stanford lsu texas oklahoma state i mean traditional traditional powers and so you know what was it like playing in, in old Johnny Rosenblatt? What was that? What's that crowd atmosphere like in, in Rosenblatt when you got all those traditional flowers there, well, powers you know, there in the for, same time? For me, for me, Shelby was it was a different experience for me. I wasn't a, I wasn't a guy that was highly recruited out of high school. I was a guy that had to go the back way. I went, got on a plane, and ended up in a in a predominant black college in Ohio. They didn't even know what the heck was going on. The coach. Said, well, you know, you, you got on a plane. I gotta I gotta take a chance and look at you. I'm I'm 125 pounds, five eight, and I get in there and I'm I'm lost. All these big athletes. First time I've ever seen such a thing like that, you know? And I mm-hmm. figure it out, man. And my 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 size caught up to my will. I grew about four inches my freshman year in college, man, and just took off from there. I went from a high school part-time player. Maybe hitting two home runs my whole life. I hit 15 home runs that year. I was one of the best freshmen in the country. And wow. that's what I tell my kids, man. I don't tell them how good I was and all that. Just I tell them my route. It was just wow. Just and then yeah. one day we go we go to the upperclassmen's um, houses. They they want to get us out of the dorm and feed us a a hot meal. And we're watching a Division One game. And I go one day I'm gonna play there. I don't know what the heck somebody say that. And one guy from Chicago was like stood up next to me. We had a beef with the Chicago guys, and he goes, "You talk a lot of crap." And one guy goes, "Well, don't put it past Benny, man. He's always in the gym and always." Blah, 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 blah. Well, two years later, I do the same thing. I get on a plane and I go to Oklahoma State and I ask the coach for a private tryout, man. And oh wow! It, yeah, it's, it's a different story, you know, because kids kids hear all, all those stories from a guy like me. How great they were! I wasn't that great. I just kind of had a will, you know. Yeah, no, I. That's one thing I remember about you vividly was the passion, and the will. Um, yeah, and you, you definitely are the type of guy that can can translate that to other people. You could pass that on. That's I remember. I just I remember the energy you always had on the field, and it was it was it, it wasn't it was inspiring. I will say that. I will say that. Thank uh, you, Trevor. And so I'm not I'm not surprised that you had that will at a young age, and your talent caught up, and you and you took off from there. That's that that makes sense to me. Yeah, um, and I'll come back. I'll come back to the block, and you know, I'm from New York City, right? I grew up in New York City. I'll come back to the block, and my friends will be like, "Hey, did, did I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I just see you playing on ESPN." I go, "Yep, that was me." <laughs> <laughs> and even me saying it, I just, I just tell my brother, I have an older brother, Gus. I can't believe that. I, you know, he goes, "Well, Ben, you know, 
you worked hard, you always had passion and a love for the game. And, you know, that's always encourage all the kids. I'm sure you, you call me so people could hear that oh, yeah. part of me. And, you know, one thing I would like to tell the youth and the parents too, because right now with travel ball and so much going on, people get lost, you know, and the main thing is that you have to have a love for it and decide. And when you become 14, 15, you know, you start getting your car and your license, you start like girls and blah, 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 and being in a clique. It's just like either you're either in or out because after that, it becomes real serious. You know, it becomes time consuming, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The time, the time part is, is unquestionable. I mean, it does. And that's the thing, like you said, and it doesn't matter what level you're at. If you're committed and you're playing baseball, high school, college, pro ball, like the time it's, you can't get, a can't get around that. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. So, um, yeah. So I want to, you, you you got drafted twice, eighty six by Cleveland and eighty eight by Detroit. Um, and I've heard you. I think I heard you tell the story on a, a different time you're in. But how did you find out you were drafted, and then how did that feel to get drafted that day? <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. No. I I, I, I think. Uh, yeah. I remember. I remember you telling the story. Well, you know, back then you got a telegram. You got a not, telegram. <laughs> not a, not an Instagram. You got a telegram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a letter from the post office and um. My Juco college coach gave it to me. Man, I, I, I was like on sky. I was, I was hot. I was hot. I was hot. My freshman year was hot and my sophomore year was even hotter. I had all these division one school. I don't know what the heck was going on. I didn't even know what division one was. I had Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, all these schools flying in to see me. Cleveland Indians flew in to see me. The GM from the big day. I'm like, what the heck? You know, I, I grew up without a dad. So it was hard for me to assimilate all that. You know, my mother was a kind of a quiet lady, didn't speak the language, and it was just basically me winging it. And um, I told my friend, I said, I want to go to the best school. He's like, well, you got all these scholarships. I said, no, I want to go to the best baseball school. Guys like Benny, mm-hmm. man, stop being so arrogant. Go to one of these schools, Tennessee, Alabama, it's a good school. I go, no, I want to go to the best one. I want to see how good I am. And then um, the draft came around. And I opened up this letter and said, you've been selected in the fourth, in the fourth round. I'm like, whoa. And then I had to have my, I had to, I had to have my brother read it. I said, Gus, read that. We curse a lot. <laughs> Didn't believe it, huh? <laughs> you know, I was outside of cursing at him and going, hey, read that man out for me. I can't believe that. <laughs> he read it. He goes, yo, Benny, yo, yo, you, got, you got drafted. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I started crying. My, my roommate, my best friend started crying. And, and he said, yo, you put in the time. Yeah. And then I, I had decisions to make. I didn't have, I didn't know what it was. I didn't have an agent. I didn't have a representation. My mother was not here in the country. She, she got sick, so she had, she had to be shipped down to, to my native country, the Dominican Republic. So I was here by myself, you know, hearing from people. And I go, you know, I keep hearing that, get your education. But you know, in hindsight, you know, uh, Cleveland and you say, you know, we're building up our, our, our farm system, and you fit right in, and. And then I just had to make a decision and I decided to go to college. I passed that up. And was that a good decision? Uh, maybe the person that I am today, I probably wouldn't have had in pro ball because if you get cut in pro ball, you know, you can't come back and play college ball. So I'm kind of happy right. to make that decision. Then, you know, I went, to, I went to Oklahoma State. I wasn't as hot as I was when I was 19, but I still got drafted a little, a little lower. And then I had to take that opportunity because my mic in college were, were 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 finishing up, you know. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so you, so you, you went in '88. So, what, how was that transition from college to pro ball? Uh, for me, it wasn't that difficult because I was older. I was 21, which you know kind of hurt me a little bit in my process because you know nowadays it's not, but back then, 21, you know, you, 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 people, people were coming from Dominican Republic at 15 years old. And um, so, oh, you know, it was, it, was, it was great. I struggled with the wood bat a little bit. I struggled with that. I, I broke a lot of bats. Uh, I had to learn, <laughs> you know, that now I'm in pro ball. Kids, kids were throwing harder, and they, they knew how to spin the ball a little bit better. Not that they didn't in college, but um, that, was, that was a transition. Um, not having a big clubhouse and a big stadium like Oklahoma State. So I always heard that, hey, Ben, you know, you're going to go backwards. And, and the facilities and the commodities, and I didn't believe it. And I went, whoa, we eating peanut butter and jelly every day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, peanut butter and jelly keeps my leaguers alive. <laughs> oh, yeah. To this day, to this day Shelby, I, I, I eat peanut butter and jelly every day. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Hey, yeah. It, it works back then. It works today. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so you had, a, you had a long career in the minors. You played, you played kind of all over the place. And I remember um, – Back in that 2010 summer league, um, one of my former managers, a good friend of yours, Alex Arias, he uh, he and I were talking in the dugout one day, and he said, you know, he pointed out at you on the field. He said, you know, Benny's played in every ballpark in America. Wow. I just I just kind of laughed. And I was like, nah. And he's like, no, 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 go test him. So oh, I remember, wow. I remember this. You, you may not remember this, but I walked up to you and I said, hey, Benny, did you ever play at Smithwell Stadium in Jackson, Mississippi? And you were like, you sat, you stood there for a minute, and you kind of thought about it. And you're like. Yeah, down the left field line, there's a fire, there's like a fire station, and then there's yeah, like a, yeah, a left yeah, field I, lounge, I, like a bar. I, I, and I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, man, that's it. Like, maybe you really have played at every ballpark yeah. in America. Like, yeah, that was wild. I remember that story. Shelby, man, you got a great memory, man. You got me all teary out here. You know, I, 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 um, I didn't know what to do, man. I was, I was a lifer. I knew when I signed up for baseball, I was a lifer, and I knew that I was going to get a chance at being a coach. I just knew it because just the energy, you know, I was. I didn't sleep at night, you know. I'm, I'm almost 60 years old. I got drug tested at, after every tournament in college, every regional, every whatever, big eight. I got tested. It was random, but I always got tested because a lot of people didn't understand my energy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I owe that, obviously, to God. You know, I'm not trying to take credit, but in, in my mother, she was a very energetic, passionate lady. So I, I was short on talent, man, but, you know, I, I, I did. I traveled to all the stadium when I played independent ball. I bought a bike. I had to. I had the owner buy me a bike. I was one of the stars. So you know, you go in the office to start asking for stuff. I said, I just want a bike. <laughs> and he's like, You want a bike? I said, Yep. He didn't know why. So I I got on the bus early when we went on trips. I saw the bus driver. Hey, listen, here's twenty bucks. You mind if I stick my bus in on, at the bottom of the bus? He goes, Sure. So we'll go to Winnipeg after like fifteen hour bus ride, whatever eighteen hour bus ride. And here I am riding in, in, in Winnipeg with bike a bike. Guys will make fun. They'll get up at 10, 11. I'm already written, you know, because I didn't sleep much. And I'm meeting I'm meeting people in the gym, setting up the gym for them. The girls at the gym come to the ballpark. So the guys, some of those guys dated those girls and married those girls. So I go, yeah, yeah, okay. You're making fun of me. But, hey, you, you know, <laughs> tonight you, you're hanging out with a girl. Or you're going or you're going to go eat at a free restaurant or you're going to a gym to 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 lift weights for, for free. I was just an oddball. Yeah. And everywhere I went. Like like Alex said, I've been everywhere. This winter, I'm going to the Panhandle of Florida. That will be the last piece of land in mainland USA that I haven't seen. Oh, no way. I've seen it all. This is my last piece right here. 
in Alaska, and then after that, I will cover every fifty state. I'm more wow. proud of that. I'm more proud of that than my baseball career. The people that I've met along the way, man. I have people that are family, mothers, you know, friends, brothers, mm-hmm. you know, guys like you. I remember you clearly, you know. Oh yeah, that that's the thing about you. You run across those guys and who they make that impact on you. And I mean, you, you and I didn't know each other that long, maybe three weeks yeah. before, before, um, yeah. you, you know, you, I, I want to, I'll come back in a minute, but I want to remind you of this story. You were the guy that called me to tell me I got signed yeah. to, to pro ball. You yeah, were the, you were, okay. Yeah. yeah. That was, uh, that was, a, you know, obviously for me, that was a big night, you know? And then, um, yeah. you told me go, uh, it was a Yuma Scorpions. You said, go see Peter Young, the general manager. Yeah. They want to sign you. That night, we I got on a bus and we flew out of Tucson to um, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and I started wow. the the next day for the Scorpions now, against me, the Edmonton. Where, where are you from? I'm from Jackson, Mississippi area. Yes, 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 yes. That's right. Because mm-hmm. we got into that conversation, and I said I told you that there was a, a sign of a of a cowboy. You remember the, all that? A sign of a, oh. In left field, there was a sign of a. Of, yes, Cowboy Maloney. Of course, yeah, yeah. He was yes. he was the owner of the team. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, we had some good chats in the, in that short period of time. Um, one thing that I, I want to have you talk about a little bit is your, so one of your philosophies that I remember was you said, never take it for granted and always be grateful. Anytime you're on this field wow. and, and I remember you would actually get a little upset with people when they, when they, when you could see they weren't given the right effort. And so that's so talk about that a little bit, kind of the the not taking it for granted and taking advantage of your opportunities. Yeah. You know, we all going to reach old age. You know, I'm creeping. I'm creeping up on old age here. Here. Here you are talking to me. I have an, an amazing memory. Well, there's a lot of things about you and I and our time together that I don't remember. But I knew that when I was with you, that that time would be over. And when I was in Yuma, Arizona, I remember when I got off the plane, the guy that picked me up, the GM, he goes, you know that lady? I gave a lady a big hug waiting for the luggage. She goes, no, I just met her on the plane. She was next to me. And um, she's going to come see us play. She's a retired lady, a widow. She's got an RV. She goes, Ben, Benny, you may get this job. I go, let's go. You know, I, I, I every second, every second, you know, I tell my I tell, I tell, my kids at my academy, this is weird, Chevy. I tell them, I hate it when I have to sleep. I'm sitting in bed upset because <laughs> I have to sleep. I'm like, God, why do we have to sleep? And I sit there to three or four in the morning. People are like, Yo, you need to be on medication. I go, no, I'm just upset that we have to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to miss anything, you know? And when I, when I was playing baseball, when I met you, when I meet everybody, you know, I, I come off to some people as a fluff, fluff, you know, this guy can't be like this all the time. You know, this, it's gotta be a something, a turn off bar. And this guy is just full of it, you know, especially when you mentioned you from New York city, ah, this guy's it's in the South down here. Ah, this guy's just fluff. And after a while, they go, "Oh shit, this guy's really like that." <laughs> mm-hmm. No, yeah. you know that that's you know as you know when you age you, a little bit, you get into the game, you start to kind of get a feel for people. And I, I always had that feel from you, this the the um your genuine the genuine nature that you had. And I was like, it was like, man, you know, I was you know when you came up to me and and we had all these teams, and then I had one cage, and all the kids would gravitate to my cage. Well, they sense was me. I didn't care if you played for another team. This is right. the once in a lifetime. You're trying to chase a dream that's impossible. I don't oh, want to yeah. be the guy. I don't want to be the guy you sitting down the road saying, "What well, this guy didn't really help me." I want you to feel like, man, this guy was accessible. His his time with me became came before a beer, before a girl, 
before anything that he had in his personal agenda. And that people did that for me. So I would be hypocritical if I didn't pay that forward to you guys, you know? Oh, for sure. No, I, yeah, I, I learned that lesson from you and, and some other coaches in my, in my lifetime and just in my professional life. I, yeah, I don't, I'm not in baseball anymore. That's one of my motivations for this podcast was to get back in baseball a little bit and talk to some folks yeah. from my past and reconnect. Wow. So, uh, that's what, you know, that's why I was excited to talk to you and just kind of reconnect. And, um, but yeah, you got to pay it forward. You got to, you got to remember the people that helped you and when someone, Offer that handout when you can. Thank you, thank you for thinking of me, Shelby. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, you uh, we had a short period of time, but you left a lasting impact. So um, yeah, I'm happy we got the chance to chat today. I wanted to um, you you mentioned um, I know you were you managed as well, both in the minor leagues and independent balls, and you you got off to a um to a hot start. I looked I looked up you were the independent manager of the year by Baseball America in the year 2000 managing in the Northern League. Uh, so what was the transition like from player to manager for you? At the end of my career, I kind of knew that I was going to be, you know, even at the beginning of my career, I kind of knew that I was going to be, I was going to stay in it. Um, I used to translate. I used to be like a daddy. I used to be like a brother to most of the Latin kids that came to the U.S. because I, 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 I knew the culture. I knew the language. So I had to be around those guys 24. I didn't have to. I just chose to be, you know. And yep. I just said, wow, this is kind of cool. And I just kind of knew. And the front office started watching me go, yo, Benny, you know, you, 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 you're older than than your age. And I go, well, you know, this, this, this kids need help. Like I need help. And, um, I, one of the, my few years in, um, in independent ball, the owner of the Sufos Canaries, one of my best friend, Harry Stavanos, he goes, Benny, you're going to make a great coach one day. And I didn't want to hear it. You know, you know how it is, Shelby. You want to play, mm-hmm. you're going to play forever. He goes, go back to college in the off season. I'm not saying to quit. And things are going to start happening to you. Why? I'm like, why? Because I have a degree. That was, he goes, no, no, just just do that, please, for me. And I went. I went to college. I spoke with the, their head coach that was the grounds crew guy. From, uh, he, was a, he was a head coach at a local college in Sioux Falls, uh, Scott Timmer. And he, he did the grounds crew for, for money in the summer for the Canaries in the, in the Northern League. And I approached him and said, hey, I heard you're a college coach. You might come in me come in and talk to your kids. I go, yeah. He goes, yeah. So I went and talked to them and, and I, he goes, I don't have any money, but, but I'll help you. Well, seven years later, I did my master's. team. He goes, I'm 32 years old. He goes, I want you to be the manager. I go, no. I got all nervous. I goes, no. I went home in between classes, listened to my messages. There was no cell phone. Then he goes, Benny, call me. Talk like a gangster. Benny, call me. And when I called <laughs> I'm buying a team and you're my manager. It's tough. Greek guy. I go, Harry, man, listen, I don't want to mix our friendship with business. He goes, you're my manager. I know you're scared, but you got the skills and I'm going to protect you with a big time coach. And he showed it. He got me with a former major leaguer, old coach. And when I was there, I was so nervous. That guy's like, he got me to relax. There was a player. There was a player that played play against me in the minor league, walked in the office and said, Benny, just relax. Just be you, man. That's why you're here. Just be you. And I said, okay. I bought me a, a, a beanie cap and I bought me some rollerblades. And I just started acting like this. I started taking BP. And that city went from worst to first. It was crazy. Duluth, Minnesota. Wow. <laughs> man, you're taking me back. Yeah. You're taking me back a long time. Yeah. You said he, he set you up with a, um, a major league uh, manager kind of as a mentor? Yeah, Frank, Frank Reberger. That was okay. tough. Guy was tough, older guy, 
and he was tough, but he loved me to death. And um, every time I made a move, he wanted to make sure that people knew I was in control. But behind the scene and on the field, mumbling and everything, he 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 suggested a lot of stuff, you know. And first time in my life where I started being a little bit more perceptive, you know, I started listening, receptive to stuff, you know, and, and not being mm-hmm. so so self assured. And I just kind of, I just kind of, you know, took his 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 knowledge and the owner Harry helped me and. As soon as that player came, uh, Big Pop, Big Papa was his nickname, Anthony Lewis. He goes, hey, just chill. I know who you are. You're not acting like you. I said, okay. I bought me a beanie hat. I bought me some rollerblades, and and I bought me a bike, and I just started hanging out and loosening up. Man, that city went from worst to first. And then from there, it kind of took off, you know? Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, so from there, then was the next season you went on to the Marlins organization. Is that right? Yeah, I went to the mornings because now I have, you know, I was more visible. You know, like you said, I was the the um, um, sporting sporting news manager of the year in independent ball. And now they came after me and uh, my some former coaches of mine from, from Oklahoma State were in the organization. So they vouched for me and I ended up with the Marlins, man. It's the best, the best, two of the best years of my life. Yeah, you were in the New York Penn League. Is that right? Is that Northeast? Yeah. yeah. The, the rookie league, yep. Not the rookie league, night the night night league, yep. Yeah. Um. So then you you were with the Marlins for a few years, and then one thing I'm really interested in hearing you talk about is you went back to indie ball, back to the into the you were there at the inception at the beginning of the Golden League. You were the first manager for the Yuma Scorpions. But so what what was that like? Be so that was back in 2005. What was it like to be um, at the beginning of a pro ball league, and how did you guys get that started and get that rolling? Yeah, well, two guys, two guys that uh, went to Stanford, and they did a uh, 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 what was his name? Uh, Ke- um, Kov- Kovac. I forgot his name. He's the, he's the GM right now for the Oakland A's. They they want to chop his head off because they're doing so bad. But he's the GM for the for the for the um, for the Oakland A's, and um, another guy was uh, Patel, and they did a thesis. They did a thesis in in uh, Stanford. And that thesis, they, they presented it, and it became a project, and people donated money. Uh, Pat Sajak, remember him? Oh, yeah. Pat Sajak donated a lot of money, and off off went the league, man. We had thousands of kids trying out. I remember in San Diego, staying up to like 2 in the morning in the field, trying out kids. And I put my team together. People were laughing because I, I put a bunch of thugs, a bunch of reject guys that have problems in the mind. I said, come on, come on, let's go, all these, all these rough guys. And like all these guys were making fun of us, and we kicked ass. <laughs> we yeah. didn't win it all, but when we played, they literally were scared of us on the field and off. And the off the field, field. <laughs> you know. When I went to when I went to Yuma, I was there for three years, two years, uh, three an option, two an option, or three. Um, I went to the main the main police uh, headquarters, and I talked to the main guy. I said, "Hey, listen, I got some boys that are rough." Here's my card. Let me know. And I had a had a credit card storage that I knew that I was going to need to bail these guys out. <laughs> oh, man. So you, you were prepared, huh? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it, it was a team that they were rough guys. They grew up a lot. A couple of guys. Um, one guy died. He died. Oh, wow. I had some rough guys, but some of those guys are doing well now. And a lot of their credit is to that time. Not me, but the time we spent together in Yuma. A lot of those guys grew up a lot, you know? Yeah, yeah. I was just like, is the you said the guy you're talking about the GM for Oakland is that David Forst? Does that sound right? Uh maybe they fired him already. Caval, Caval, David Caval. 
Maybe they got okay. rid of him. I got you. Okay. They got rid of him already. Yeah. So um, one thing I remember about the Golden League, even when I was there, there were a lot of former big leaguers in that league. I looked up at um, Ricky Henderson was there with you guys in that yeah. first league in 05. He's played for San Diego with the Surf yeah. Dogs. Well, they had they had a lot of they had a lot of money. They were throwing a lot of money. The reason uh, one of the reasons I went there was because of the money. The money was amazing, and I wanted to go back. You know, be with my family. My daughter was young at the time, and you know, it was enticing. And then the money in three months, I was making incredible money. And and you know, I didn't have to be away for seven months. Minor leagues, people that don't know anything about minor leagues, and they just turn the TV on and watch this major leaguer and criticize these guys. They have no idea. I I, I don't watch major league baseball much because it's it's past me. But it's it's a different style. But I do tip my hat off to a major leaguer because. A lot of people have no idea what they those guys go through. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, did you ever run across Ricky Anderson that year? He was forty six yeah, years old yeah. in that league. Yeah, yeah. We very personable guy. Uh, funny, you know. I, I'm sure you heard stories about him. He talks in the third person, but mm-hmm. great guy, man. Great guy. You you pick his brain and you're like, whoa, this guy's great. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember. Um, I think uh, the year I was there, we we played a um, against Mark Pryor, the old, the guy from the Cubs. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was crazy that day because uh, we he actually we if you believe it or not, uh, me me a twenty twenty two year old rookie at a Division three baseball was starting that day against Mark Pryor, former big league all star, and we were the starting pitchers that day. <laughs> crazy, right? yeah, yeah. That was wild. Um, so, so talk for a minute uh, when you're managing. Talk for a, a little bit about some of the differences between managing an independent league baseball versus a, a managing an affiliated minor league baseball. Yeah, well, as you know, as you know, you know, you don't you don't have a lot of control in an affiliate. You do, you do, but you know, it's, it's a good old boy system in, in the minor leagues. Um, a guy likes you, a guy's your friend, a guy's your buddy. Yeah, you have the the expertise, but if 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 you go in as a, as a group. And you stay there as a group and you become tight as a group. And if that group gets fired, you get fired, you know, and mm-hmm. everything, everything is ran like that. That's the only thing I didn't, I didn't like. You, you really, you really not evaluated by your talent. You evaluated by who you know and who you click is. And I had a hard time in the monitor because I didn't do all the BS. And when the Rovers, the, the top dogs came in town for three or four days, the one used to put me to the side, Benny, man, just play the game. Bullshit a little bit. I'm like, nah, well, then you're not going to get to the big league. I said, nah, I won't get to the big league. I was, I was kind of stubborn that way. You had, to, you had to sell out a little bit. And I had a hard time doing that. Mm. And, and that was the only difference. You know, when I went to independent ball, wow, what a freedom. You were the GM. You were the manager. You were their dads. You were their confidant. You were the, the, the clubby. You know, I'll sit there with a clubby, have a beer at the end of the night and clean up with them. It was, it was just different, you know? Yeah, 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 I, I, yeah, for sure. I know what you mean because that independently I miss, ball. I, I, miss, miss, I miss, I miss both. I miss both. But man, independent ball felt like home, and 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 that's why I did it for such a long time. Yeah, those independent league teams, since there's no mo major league affiliation, I mean, it's it's more, it's got that family because you're yeah. on your own. You don't yeah. have you don't have really? any big club looking over you. It's real. The fans are real. People, you get close to people. You can't walk out of the clubhouse like you, this big shot. You're not. You're a reject. You 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 blemish. You yeah, you hum- humble. <laughs> yeah, you're there. You're there because you got cut from a, a, a major league organization, or you like you said, you went to to Division three, and you're just not that good. And you're trying to trying to make a mark. Man, that's that's pure. Wow, you know, it was it was 
that independent ball was whoever invented that was a genius, you know? Oh yeah. Well, so speaking of that, you um you were kind of you kind of played in a little bit of this era of independent ball. You were there kind of at the beginning. I think kind of it kicked off around ninety-three, yeah. and then you were with the St. Paul Saints in ninety-four. Wow. Um yeah, so what what was you know what what was it like playing for the Saints there in like in early on in, in the independent kind of the independent era? Because they're they're kind of a legendary independent they're affiliated yeah. now, but they're kind of yeah. a legendary independent league team. Yeah, well, I was kind of bummed out. I got cut from the Rangers at the time. And then I went to Mexico. I didn't want to go to Mexico because I heard about Mexico, the drugs and the steroids. I didn't want to go to that. And I went. The money was good. Went in there as an American imported player. So when you go there as an American player, you got to put up a lot of numbers. And I was a big guy. so But I wasn't a home run guy, especially in Mexico. The parks are huge. The air is heavy. And I uh, played in uh, Yucatan, uh, Merida, Merida, Yucatan, Yucatan, Merida, right in the peninsula. And the 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 park looks like an arena, like a freaking um, arena, like back in the Romans. And oh. to, to hit a to hit a ball at the park, you, it, so I was hitting the ball at the park, and the fans were yelling, yeah, the, the fans are rough. Hey, Benny, you think you're pretty cool? And uh, I said, I'm getting sent home. I got sent home. And then Nick Belmonte, which is one of the pioneers from Independent Ball, he called me. I play. I played for him in uh, in Salt Lake City in '91. Yeah. He called. I said. I said, Nick, I'm I'm wrapping it up, man. And I'm wrapping it up. I I'm moving on with my personal life. And he goes, man, he give it a try. And he flew me out to St. Paul, and I was like, whoa, this is like the Yankees. And um, play there, man, for two years, and that was amazing. Then I got picked up from there. Uh, by the Cleveland Indians, just just an amazing experience. Yeah, yeah. I, you mentioned the name Nick Belmonte. He, um, that guy, he's made. He's like the. He just makes your dreams come true. <laughs> like he, he did the same thing for me. He, uh, he ran that indie ball showcase. He had that tournament every year, and then he, um, or they had that showcase every year for indie ball teams. And he also helped you guys out with that summer league in Arizona. And he's the one that got me out there. So he just. He just he's always around helping people find places to play pro ball. Yeah, he has he has a lot of passion, you know, and he's connected with big big investors, you know. Um Bill Murray was one of the owners with the with the Salt Lake City Travelers oh, yeah. back back in ninety one. When I first got cut, uh, one of my one of my six cuts <laughs> from the Tigers, I ended up in Salt Lake City and he got me there and and so he he's he's influenced me. He's got some he's got some big backing. So yeah, for sure. So um, I'm going to do like a kind of a lightning round thing where we ask a few questions in a row and just whatever comes to mind uh, is kind of kind of just go with that. Okay. Um, so what's your, what's your earliest baseball memory? Earliest baseball memory in Puerto Rico. We, we moved from Dominican Republic to Puerto Rico when I was seven and walked in, in the ballpark and I found a baseball. I didn't know what it was. My mother always told me to share stuff with my brother. He wanted the ball. I wanted the ball. I was so such a stubborn guy. I cut the ball in half. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So the first baseball I ever found, you cut it in half? Cut it in half. And then I, I, I started kind of taking all the thread. And I didn't know what it was. I started taking all the thread. And I was disappointed that at the bottom is just a little rubber ball. So yeah. they go... They go some major. It was a major league ball because we had we had guys that used to go there and win and practice. And there I was, man, disappointed. Oh wow! 
So, so that was your first introduction to baseball. Then was was that, that day was when you my found first introduction? And my brother said that was a baseball. You dummy! That that baseball was expensive. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, of all the teams you played or managed uh, for, what was the best mascot or team name? Oh wow! Oh wow! Uh, Winnipeg Goldie. I didn't play for I didn't play for them, but I played against them. Winnipeg okay. Winnipeg Goldie. He was my favorite. Okay. Um, so what was, of all the places that you played, managed, what was the best stadium or the best atmosphere? Winnipeg, Canada. Oh, yeah? Okay. Um, people, people didn't know baseball up there, so they, they kind of enjoyed it, everything, you know? Okay. So so on the flip side of that, what was, what was the worst stadium or atmosphere? Bluefield, Bluefield, Virginia, the Orioles. Oh, okay. What uh what level was that? That was rookie ball. You appellationally back then. You come in a dugout okay. and it was so low. It was so low you bang your head and you, you every time you, you don't even realize and you gotta go see the trainer all the time. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. <laughs> so um who were some of your biggest role models or your influence in baseball? Reggie Jackson. Mm. You know, I grew up I grew up not far from Yankee Stadium and Reggie Jackson was one of the first men of color that there to challenge the system. I yeah. love them. His arrogance, his his <laughs> his energy, his persistence, and the way he played, the way he got in the box and, and kind of looked at the picture like, I'm going to get you. He was, he and was, he did. <laughs> he, he, I imitated him when I played stickball on the street when I was a little kid, in the, and I used to upset all my friends. Just get in the box and hit! I had to do all <laughs> I had to act like I had glasses on. I had to act like I had the helmet that he used to wear with no earlobes and rub my head. It was a show. And 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 decided calling me Reggie on the block. That was the biggest compliment they ever gave me. Oh man, that's awesome. That's awesome. So uh what was what would you say is the most challenging moment of your baseball career? Uh Starkville, Mississippi. Oh man. Down down in down in my in my neck of the woods. Yeah, Starkville, Mississippi. Look it up. Look it up, Shelby. And if somehow you could, I don't want to get into it, but if you look it okay. up and if you want to connect it, you want to connect it another day and find out what went on down there. That was that was disappointing. And it was mm. that was almost four years ago. And, and I, I'm still hurt by it because what happened to my one of my buddies, the way he reacted to it and how his career didn't unfold the way it should have. And I think a lot had to do with Starkville, Mississippi. It was sad. Oh. It was sad. It was yeah, sad. okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll research that a little bit. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, it was a great tournament for me. I had one of the best playing time of my life. I had the best numbers of my life, but on the on that on that on that other no, it was it was it was it was ugly. Mm. Okay. Well, so I'm sorry to hear that. Um Yeah. Wow. So on the flip side of that then, uh what was the most rewarding moment of your baseball career? Uh, I think the 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 most rewarding thing was um when the mornings in two thousand and three they flew us to every single game right behind the dugout, and they announced that they announced after a two, uh, one or two games that we were all going to get rings, even the staff, the minor league staff. And wow, that was not so much because of the ring, but because they thought of us. They thought of us that way, you know, because you work like a dog in the minor leagues, and that was that was amazing. The gala, the food, the you could bring your family. I brought my family. Oh, it was amazing. That was the best time of my life in baseball. Oh wow! Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, looking back over your career, is there anything you think you would have done differently? Yeah, I think um, you know the way I teach now to these kids. I'm I'm very hands on because I wish I would have. Um, 
I would have relaxed a little bit more um, and enjoy the instructional part of it. Not that I was a uncoachable guy, but a lot of things I took personal, which I still do in my life, something that I pray all the time. I wish I would have taken things so personal from coaches when they were trying to train me. Because mm-hmm. I think I think deep inside I had the tools to at least at least knock on the door a little bit more. I got to double A and then I um I kind of panicked and I, I, I felt like I didn't have the tools, but I did. I just mentally I wish I was more prepared. And that's it's not a regret. I just wish that I would have done a little bit better with that part. And that's what I preach to the kids that I train now. They don't they pay me, but I train them like they don't pay me, shall we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. Um so la- last one is, uh, what advice would you give to someone who wants to pursue a career in baseball? In 2023? Yes, sir. At the, at, the, at, the, at the youth level is to parents to be realistic. To be realistic and not get so bent out of shape because somebody thinks that your son is not that good. Be real with, with your kids. Um, and if somebody doesn't think that your son is good, that's just one person. Mm-hmm. I always that's, that's what carried me. I always said that's just your opinion of me, and I never I never believe people's opinion. I always wanted to experience everything myself. The biggest the biggest biggest um, suggestion I could give is I'll work your opponents. Mm. You know, um, uh, what's his name? Will Smith, the the actor. Yeah. Pre slap, pre slap, Will. Pre slap, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love me some Will Smith. He, he's got a video out there. If you type in Will Smith, Will Smith treadmill he has a five minute video and halfway through it he said my philosophy is in life this is why i'm so successful he said if we get on a treadmill two things are gonna happen you're gonna get off first or i'm gonna die on that treadmill oh man that's powerful yeah yeah that's how i live my life i tell my kids right now in the cages i go hey you want to run you see my belly i'm almost 60 years old I got high blood pressure. We'll run. I don't care. Mommy, wanna run? Let's go run 20 miles. I'll die. But I'm going to complete those 20 miles. Yeah. That's just, that's just my mindset. It's been my mindset my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Well, hey, nowadays, listen, nowadays, not to put the kids nowadays down. When you see it nowadays, you're like, wow, you just don't see that as much anymore. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody want to turn on, want to turn on a switch and say, okay, here we go. No, you don't turn on a switch. You just work, work, work relentlessly where you go through your doors. I tell those kids, I want to challenge you that when you go through those doors after a high school day that you don't want to eat, you just could barely make it to your bed. And they look at me like, whoa, this guy is crazy. <laughs> that's that's what it takes, though. And you got to persevere. I mean, yep. especially if you're a guy like me and you don't have a lot of talent, but you work a little hard, persevere right. a little bit, you'll find somebody, somebody will give you a chance. That's right. That's right. But, yep. uh, well, hey, Benny, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. It was awesome to catch up. Um, like I said at the top, you were you were one of the guys who had a big, big impact on me, not just in baseball, but in life. Uh, got a soft spot in my heart for you always. And so I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, Shelby. Shelby, listen, text me your phone number so we could keep in I touch. I will. I will. Um, I will. I just want to leave you with this. Listen, this is, I don't know if you want to uh, put put this on your, on your, on your post, but, um, I we just bought I just bought a piece of land in Dominican Republic with a friend, and we're building. I have an academy down there with my a friend of mine, and we're building something real nice. So I just want to welcome you. I want to make sure that you, you're set, that's accessible to you and your family. It's close to Punta Cana, where your wife or your 
your your special one. You could take them to the beach and and they could have that experience. And you could also come get a kick with the with the baseball part of it. Oh man, that sounds awesome. That's a that so sounds text great. Me, text, text me so I could tell you more about it. And and um, you're welcome. And and your fans out there, you know what? Leave this leave this on the on the on the post. And your fans out there, you're welcome to money or no money. If you show no money, don't worry about it. The, the sun is free. And the and the turf is freedom in, in Dominican Republic. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, that's awesome. I appreciate it, Benny. You the man. All right, Shelby. Thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah, buddy. Bye bye. Thanks again to Benny for joining us on the podcast today. And remember, please subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram at baseballbackroads. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the backroads. <laughs>